That makes me want to have a hot dog real bad. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's time for the final countdown. The show starts in 10, 9. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, October 6th, episode number 82 on the docket today. We have been a little intermittent this week with episodes and TikToks and all that stuff coming out, mostly due to different work stuff going on and personal shit going on, which we can touch on here in a little bit. But we do have some new subscribers to the Substack, which inevitably subscribes you to Spotify and... Links can be found to TikTok and YouTube and everywhere else where this is, I guess, broadcast or populated, whatever the word you want to call it is. So shout out to all the new listeners, new supporters of what we're doing here. So this is episode number 82 of the Hold Up What podcast. We are having fun. We're doing it. We got some shit going on we're going to get into. But first, as usual, we got this date in history, October 6th. History. So October 6th, 1927, The Jazz Singer, the first feature-length motion picture with synchronized dialogue sequences, premiered in New York City, signaling the commercial ascendance of talkies and the decline of the silent film era. The film The Jazz Singer was not only a significant milestone in the history of cinema, but it also had broader societal implications. Technological advancement was the synchronization of sound with on-screen action being a monumental technical achievement, showcasing the potential of sound technology in filmmaking. The film depicted the cultural clash between traditional values and modern aspirations, mirroring the broader societal transitions in the era. Its commercial success demonstrated the public's appetite for more realistic and engaging film experiences, which in turn drove the industry's swift swift adoption of sound technology. Silent film stars and professionals who were unable to adapt quickly faced career challenges, reflecting a broader theme of obsolescence in the face of technological progress. However, this advancement also came with some negative aspects. The need for specialized equipment and standardized recording techniques led to a consolidation within the film industry, which some argue stifled creative experimentation. Silent film stars and professionals, whoops, the economic barrier to entry became higher for aspiring filmmakers as now sound recording equipment and expertise were necessary for producing films that could compete in the market. Oh, so this makes sense. That kind of gets it, so. History has its So I guess if you have, if you were an actor back then and you were like a silent film actor, but you couldn't read, I guess I'm assuming people were more illiterate back then, but if you couldn't read or if you just had a shitty voice, if you had like a raspy voice or if you just had an accent or some shit and silent film, but you were good acting, like you were good, uh, you had good stage presence, I guess, or whatever the fuck it's called, you could uh, survive just being, you know, silent film actor. You were like funny, like a mime. But then they're like, hey, wait, we can actually do this with sound and everything. So I guess that cut out a good portion. But I guess it also opened the door for new actors coming in and actresses 
Do you say, do we still say actresses? Is that a problem? I think it's a problem. That's like waiter. There's no such thing as a waitress anymore. It's just a waiter, an actor, actor. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty wild. The jazz singer. Who would have thought? Who would have thought we would have went from the jazz singer to Taylor Swift? You're goddamn right, Meatball. We're talking about Taylor Swift again because Taylor Swift is always in the fucking news. It's a vibe. It's a. It's just. It's the zeitgeist. You got to be with it. Got to own it. We're gonna get into that in a little bit, but we also have to cover now. This guy. I found this out this morning, but it it kind of makes sense. It should have been on people's radar for a while now because if you remember after. Uh, the 2020 election, and we're not going to get into politics, but the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, is that his name? Mike Lindell? Is that, I think it's Lindell. Anyway, that goofball, he had a billion dollar. I never even heard of My Pillow before 2020. Maybe I've heard of it, like on those infomercials and stuff. Or you like one of those commercials you wake up to at like 3:30 in the morning after like passing out on the couch, and you're like, "What the hell am I watching?" And it's a bunch of old people just laying down with their heads. I've heard, so I've heard of my pillow. Never, I don't, I don't, pillows are pillows, you know? I'm, I'm, a fir- I'm a firm pillow guy, believe it or not. I don't know why you believe that or not, but I, I enjoy a nice firm pillow compared to a soft one. The soft ones, that's why I don't like going to hotels that much because soft pillows, they just lock your neck in. It's like rolling through mud. I don't know. It's just not comfortable. So I need like a, I need a soft pillow, then two hard pillows, but I can just get away with one hard pillow on top of the softer pillow, but it, it can't be too soft on the bottom layer because then it's all ruined. So it's like medium. I would say medium in the back and then on top of that one, firm pillow. And uh, we go from there. But I never heard of my pillow. I don't, I don't think too much about pillows. Uh, although I did br- buy my brother a memory foam pillow for Christmas once. It was like a $200 pillow that I'm probably, he doesn't even fucking use. But it was like temperature regulated and all this stuff. Anyway, what are we talking about? Pillows? Where the hell did this come from? So uh, Mike Lindell, the CEO of my pillow. So this freak show after 2020 after the 2020 election was all in on QAnon. Like if you want me to go into QAnon one day, we can do that. But QAnon was, is, I guess is still wild, was still wild. I don't know. They duped a shitload of people in believing this was like a huge conspiracy against Donald Trump. Donald Trump knew about it and it was a whole thing. So we can actually get into that because that's crazy. It's still crazy that it exists, even though people know it's full of shit. But this guy was like, he was like the cheerleader for it. He thought he knew everything that QAnon and him were simpatico, all this stuff. So he decided to start talking shit to the companies that the voting machine companies, right? He thought that would be a great idea. Dominion and Smartmatic or the voting machine use voting machines we use in our elections. Of course they're vetted and they're they're secure. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't just be giving it willy-nilly to some dickhead in the flea market that says he has a guy that knows vending machines. So, anyway, um after the 2020 election, he goes on this hard charge. He's got invited to the White House a few times. Uh he's a big Trump guy. And his whole thing was the election was stolen and that he can prove it. He's got the documents and he knows people. He's going to open up lawsuits in Arizona and Wisconsin. And he's going to fund it because he's this billionaire and has all this money. And he's going to get to the truth. He's going to reinstate Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to make him like the vice president. Like wild aspirations. They had him on TV at a press conference in the White House. This was the My Pillow guy. That's how he's known as the My Pillow guy. And uh, 
He drank the Kool-Aid. He was deep into it. And, you know, it's my favorite phrase. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. But he fucked around and found out. That's basically what happened now. Because now, Dominion and Smartmatic, who are reputable companies, their whole if you have voting machines, you have to be reputable and credible and trustworthy and all this stuff. So they're like, we're not going to take this shit. We're not going to be known as the voting machine frauds and all this stuff. Like, they're like, no, we have to stand up and... This is like our lot. This is what our company is based on being credible and all this stuff. So, unless this guy brings evidence that we manipulated machines, we're going to sue him and we're going to sue him for fucking everything. Like, this is, it's not like you're threatening to sue your neighbor because the fence you think the tree is hanging over your side of the lawn and it's a little $500 civil lawsuit. This was like, no, we're going to take you down because you are con, you're on the news, you're in the White House, you're telling masses of people that we are a credible business. So watch this. So they sued it. They sued this guy for defamation. <laughs> so he's got, he had a billion dollars <laughs> and he had a billion dollar company, but it turns out since this has been going on, since he launched, launched investigations with his own money and spent hundreds of million dollars on that and then opening up lawsuits in all these places, paying for lawyers and law fees and all this stuff. That's another, I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars of he spent. Now he's getting sued by these companies for defamation. And they're like, this isn't going to get swept under the rug, bro. Like we're taking you fucking down. Now this is a court. These are corporate entities coming at him. Corporate lawyers. These are the guys you don't, that you don't fuck with. Like they have nothing better to do except this. So they're suing his ass. So now he's spending more money to hire lawyers to defend him against these defamation suits. And he's going to lose, but he's out of money because the company's dwindling. It's people have stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. Some still do. There's still some QAnon people out there that think Mike Lindell has the answers, but he was never like a fundraiser or anything. He was never one of these guys. So he's always using his own money, but now the well is running dry. So he can't pay his law firm to represent him anymore. And the law firm told the judge, like, I think it was in Minnesota. They were like, we can't represent this guy. He's not fucking paying us. And the judge is like, well, we can drop him as a client. And now he has to hire a new law firm to represent him in law in the court. And the court will be a little lenient with like, all right, we'll give you time to get a new lawyer. But asshole, like you saw this coming. And he's not really a fun person to be around from all the stories that have been gathered is he's kind of a dick. And like, he's one, he's the kind of person that like walks into like a coffee, sh- coffee shop and starts talking to strangers and giving like a speech about how this, how it was stolen. And he has the answers and then leaves. And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to enjoy my day, you know? So a lot of major retailers have also dropped the MyPillow brand from their shelves, which is obviously how he makes all his money. He's been on TV way too many times for a lawyer to be like, eh, he didn't do it. It's like, clearly he did it, but he's defiant in it. This is the worst part is that he's still defiant that he's right and the truth is going to come out. So he's going to follow this one through because A, he just lost billions of dollars into it into it, and he has to at this point. There's no way he could turn around and be like, I was wrong because he's it's so deep already. So he is still saying that it's the mainstream media and it's the cancel culture and it's the deep state, all this stuff. They don't want you to, they don't want him to win. They don't want Donald Trump to win. It's a whole thing. And he fucked around and found out. And this is what happened with the January 6th rioters, the insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them. They fucked around and found out. You break into the, they broke into the Capitol. They were all hard charging. Yeah, we're going to take America back. Let's go hang Nancy Pelosi and shit on her desk and everything. 
And then a year and a half later, they're in court crying, bitching. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm going to jail now. It's like, yeah, you broke, you broke the fucking law, man. <laughs> That's kind of what happens around here. You break the law and you broke the law with people that have connections to the law and they can pull strings and you fucked with people where they work, you know, like you did it. So now, yeah, you're going to jail too. So you can cry all you want. So this guy's broke. I don't think anyone's going to feel an ounce of remorse for him. I don't think Donald Trump, who just got told by a New York judge he's fraudulent, is going to come to his defense either. All, even though this guy has spent the last three years defending Trump, I doubt Trump's going to be like, well, here's an extra couple million to cover your legal fees. Doubt that's going to happen. So the my pillow guy has been the fuck around and found out moron of the day. I don't know if this is going to be a new segment or not. I don't really have the imaging or the sound for it, but this guy did fuck around and now he's finding out. So I mentioned the deep state right there a few times, right? And the people that are pulling the strings. And this is going to tie into my next point, which I've been trying to cover all week. But like I said, podcast schedule has been a little wonky lately. But there's this little company, which isn't little. It's just a company you probably never heard of before. And you've probably heard of it a few times recently because it owns everything. They're usually mentioned in like real estate. Um, that's where probably where you've heard it first. But this company's name is BlackRock. So what for those of you who don't know what BlackRock is or who they are or whatever. So BlackRock is a multinational investment company based in New York City, established in 1988, initially focused on risk management and fixed income institutional asset management. As of June 30th, 2023, it's the world's largest asset manager with about 9, 9.42 trillion assets under management. That's the official number given to us by Capital.com. BlackRock is owned or it's ran by major shareholders, obviously, because it's a publicly traded company. Its CEO and co-founder, Lawrence D. Fink. Fink currently holds 520,124 shares as of March 6th. He probably has more than that now. BlackRock primarily engages in passive investing, handling nearly $10 trillion in assets, mostly through index funds and ETFs, which automatically track market indices. BlackRock has an ETF specifically for U.S. aerospace and defense contracting, which aims to replicate the investment results of an index composed of U.S. equities in this sector. BlackRock holds significant shares in defense contractors and has financial ties with defense companies like Lockheed and Cobham. They maintain significant stakes in weapons companies like General Dynamics. BlackRock holds stakes in major tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, and Broadcom. Alongside Vanguard, BlackRock is among the top owners of media companies such as Time Warner, Comcast, Disney, and News Corp. News Corp is Fox News. They also have investments in a variety of other companies, including Efront, Apero, and Merrill Lynch Investment Management. Their growth has been attributed to both organic expansion and acquisitions over the years. The passive investment strategy they employ has led to a massive concentration of corporate ownership, making them influential in various sectors. BlackRock was chosen by ExxonMobil as the potential buyer for its majority stake in Italy's main liquefied natural gas import terminal. They've also been making inroads into China's market, with certain controversies surrounding their investments there. So, on paper, what I just read is... I'd say a very broad summary of what they do. They invest in companies. They take that money, reinvest it into other companies, so on and so forth until they're, they have their hands, their tentacles in every little section of the market. So at any point, they, can, they have control or a hand in certain pots. Unlike you can see it with like other companies doing like Apple, you know, was at first was computers and then in 
iPhones or they or phones, and now they're getting into supposedly getting into cars, and now they're generally considered like wearables. Like you wear your Air- AirPods or you wear your watch. You know, they had. I think did Apple have glasses? No, they they didn't have Apple glasses yet. But you see what I'm saying is that they, companies branch out into other fields, but they still say, they're still a technology company at the end of the end of the day. Uh, Google is another one where starts off as a search engine, slowly starts growing in by buying YouTube. Um, they have a, the Google car. They had the glasses. So again, technology, but branching out into other things. BlackRock is doing this differently. They're just straight up buying shares of all these companies and not majority shares, but enough shares to make some noise about it. So you don't have to own the majority of shares to control a company or have or do anything with it, really, because usually the majority is owned by the founders or the board or whatever, so they can control what happens. But those shares, shareholders and stakeholders have a say. So what BlackRock does is say they own, there's 49% of shares are available to the public for, let's say, Apple, right? Us retail investors, which you can find my link for Robinhood and get yourself a free stock. I also receive a free stock up to about $250 in stock if you use my promo code at the bottom. We buy our little shares here and there. We invest our $100 a month, whatever we're buying. We have like two or three stocks, right? You know, we're making it. And so we own less than 1%. You know, we're the retail people. We're not doing much. And those those stocks are owned by somebody else and someone, whatever. We're not going to get into that whole fucking train wreck. But BlackRock comes in and says, all right, well, there's 49 shares of 49% of the shares are available. We're going to buy 20% of all the shares, which is a massive investment if you look at the stock price of Apple, right? But now they have a seat at the table because now they control all those shares. So the price goes up, price goes down. At any point, they can say, we don't like your company anymore. And we can just dump all 20 shares. Hi, Brady. I know this is exciting stuff. They can dump all 20, 20% of their shares back onto the market. The price will plunge because that's a, it's a controlling share. That's not even the th- that's the threat. What they can do is influence what that company does because they own so much. And they have that leverage now of saying, all right, well, if you don't want to listen to us or we just don't like you anymore, we're just going to drop 20%. We're going to sell off 20% of these stocks. So doing stuff like that, the passive investment is what they talk about is that's how they control things is that they passively do it and they accrue over time. They're not just coming in doing what an Elon Musk did to Twitter and just being like, here's my offer, take it or leave it. Now I control it. That's chaotic. You know, This is more behind the scenes. And that's fine if you want to do that one, two, three companies. BlackRock is doing this to every company. And you're like, oh, Mike, how do you know that? Because you Google things and you look things up. You go on TikTok. So according to the Federalist, which is a reputable source, and Invest Gilding and Visual Capitalist, The Daily Signal, Capital.com, these aren't, this isn't, this isn't information you can't find. It's not hidden. I'm not telling you something that you can't find on your own, but it is something that when you control the media, you don't want people to know. So what do they own? All right. You click on there, you find some websites, you click around. So BlackRock owns all the major pharmaceutical companies and weapons manufacturers as and mainstream media companies. And when I say own, I said, like I said earlier, what I just explained is that they own enough shares to have a say, but not enough to make the policies or be actual owners. They just have enough to be like, you're going to listen to us. Here's why. Because we own the news. And now we own the defense contractors. And now we own pharmaceuticals. So we control the narrative here. You see what I'm saying? And they control a fuckload of real estate. So Pfizer, Merck, 
AstraZeneca, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson has a stake in all of these things, right? That's all. The, that's the top five major pharmaceutical companies in the country, in the world, right? Defense companies, Northrop Grumman, KBR, Texas Instruments, Raytheon, Boeing, General Dynamics, Honeywell. I'm on the Air Force Base all day. These companies exist. They're, we fly Boeings, you know what I mean? Like These aren't, they're everywhere. So this company is invested in that. Mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, Time Warner. Again, top major companies. And like I said, they don't own these companies, but they own enough of them to control them or at least have a say. Because if MSNBC does a story on BlackRock, they can go to BlackRock and say, all right, well, fuck you. We're going to go to Fox News and they're going to run a hit piece on MSNBC saying you guys are diddling kids in the back room. Shit like that. And they're going to be like, oh, we'll take MSNBC's investment. We'll roll it over to Fox News. We'll invest more in you guys. So you see how the control can work. It's not that's what they're doing, which is probably what they're doing. But you see how it can work is that they can they have their hands in so many pots that they can control certain things and move pieces like a chessboard around. And then if I don't know if anyone's ever been in the market before for buying a house, but if you have been over the last three years or so, um, pretty much since the pandemic. So this is the crazy part. This is the part you want to pay attention to. So before the pandemic, 2019, let's say that, there was a little bit of a bond issue with the US with the US bonds, right? Bond prices went down, credit ratings, all this stuff. BlackRock stabilized it by buying all these bonds and holding on to them, which in turn controls some of the government. Like I said, they control they ha- they have enough equity in there to control things, right? So 2020 happens, right? The pandemic, we were all there for it. Housing prices plummeted. It was chaotic. You couldn't get a house you can get a house for cheap, but no one was working, so no one was buying houses. So BlackRock came in under the guise of countless LLCs. So if you're around Zillow during this time, if you remember, because I was in the house hunting game because I was moving here, and you would see a house listed for a good a good even number, two hundred thousand, right? And then you'd be like, "Oh, that house looks nice. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna click on like the link to put an offer or talk to an agent, whatever." You talk to the agent, and they're like. Okay, cool. 200 grand. Here's the house. Let's do some paperwork. Uh, we'll put a bid in for you. You get approved for a loan up to like 200. So they put a bid in for 150, right? To the bank. The bank says, all right, well, we have a couple other bids, some at 175. Are you willing to go to 195? Yep, we'll go to 195. You go to 195, someone else comes in, says 200. You're at your limit. So you're like, I'll match that. And I'll, you know, something with the closing costs or something. Like, oh, someone else came in, bought it for 250. Oh, you know what? They bought it for 300. And you're like, how the fuck did someone buy a house for two that's worth 200 grand, come in and pay 50% overpriced, overvalue? And it's like, oh, a company bought it. It's an LLC. We don't know. You trace that LLC back a few steps. Doesn't have to be too far. That LLC is owned by some real estate company. That real estate company owned and funded by BlackRock. So if you ever if you if you have bought a house recently or if you've been in the market for it and you've noticed your house keeps getting outbid by a significant amount, not just like 205,000, 210,000, if it gets significantly overbought, look into who bought it and then look where that money came from or look at the LLC that bought it because a lot of times it's an LLC. 9 times out of 10 it's going to be BlackRock. And you this again, you can look this up. This isn't some crazy fucking thing I'm just making up. You can look this up and it's happened to people. It happened to me. Like the house I was looking at was I got approved for three hundred thousand dollars. The house I was looking at was two twenty. I think we ended up offering was like two forty, and then something swooped in for three hundred and twenty. And the bank's gonna be like, "Well, I'm taking that money. Why the fuck would I give it to you?" You know, you look into it a few times, and 
I didn't look at it at the time. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, someone's just buying houses so they can rent them out for Airbnb, all this stuff, which BlackRock owns. Um, They swooped in and I was like, whatever, it happens. It's part of the game, you know, come to find out BlackRock. And I got to say on the front end, well, this isn't actually the front end anymore. This is the back end or the middle end, depending how much I want to keep talking, that I do own stock in BlackRock because why the fuck wouldn't you? And uh, so, yeah, this if you you could see it happening. So that's why these prices of these houses is are so fucking high, because all the property is bought up. All the shit houses are left and they're way overpriced. So no one's going to buy them. And what's going to happen is the houses on that property are going to deteriorate. They're going to have to rebuild them. Guess who's coming in to rebuild them? You guessed it. If you said anything other than BlackRock, you haven't been listening this entire episode. But you might be asking now, what's the problem with all this? It's capitalism. This is what we do, right? If you have the money to buy everything, why not buy everything? And aren't there aren't there laws that protect us against this kind of thing? And it's like, no, <laughs> there's not. There is There are monopoly laws, stuff like that, but that only applies to if Apple decided to buy every technology company, they ended up buying Google, Meta, all this stuff, and then decided to jack the prices up. That That's preventing a monopoly. That's monopoly law. BlackRock isn't doing that. They're just diversifying enough money all over the place where it's staying under the radar and it's not that much where they're controlling everything. It's just enough to have a seat at the table. Because I'm telling you right now, Amazon can buy everything if they wanted to. They own the Washington Post. They, own the, they were going to own the Washington Commanders football team. Um, but they don't buy everything and own everything because there's some laws in place that can stop this. So let's get down to the problem with this whole thing, right? Why is this a bad idea? How do we get this far? And why was it a bad? Why is it a bad idea? So we got this far because of capitalism. It happens. They're allowed to do it and they do it. It's nothing crazy. They're not breaking any laws by doing this. The only shady part is owning like a million LLCs and funneling money up. But I'm I'm sure somebody's on that, right? You would hope that there's 87,000 tax IRS agents on it instead of watching me and you transact for more than $600. So hopefully someone's on it. If not, they should probably look into it. They should probably listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Listen to this episode and go investigate them. But they're probably bought and paid for by them anyway, so not going to happen. So why is this bad, right? Because when you own everything, or if you have a say at the table for everything, which is what BlackRock, which I just spent 15 minutes telling you about, they have a say at the table in everything, is that you can control the narrative of everything that's going on, especially when you control the news. So if you notice, the COVID vaccine's coming back, right? And where's the incentive lie for people not to get it? If you own Pfizer, or if you're Pfizer itself, you need people to go out and get it. So if you're BlackRock and you own a percentage of Pfizer... You want Pfizer to go out there and fucking market that goddamn COVID vaccine. You want another sickness. You want that shit going. What's the best way to do that? Get the people on the news to tell you. The good news is BlackRock owns the news organizations. Or they don't own it, they have a seat at the table. So they're going to say, start pumping some fucking ads because we just gave you a shitload of money for your company. So start telling people to fucking get the vaccine. So that's why you've seen the vaccine push coming. And now, this is where it ties into Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is that Mr. As Aaron Rodgers called him, Mr. Pfizer is out there promoting all these things. Not all these things. He's promoting Pfizer. He's in billboards and commercials about getting the shot in Pfizer. He wears like the bandaid on his arm and everything from the shot and all this stuff. So how do you make him famous, right? He's just a, he's a, he's a tight end. You know, he has a podcast with his brother, which is popular, but he's a tight end. He wears a helmet. You couldn't point him out of a lineup. You know, people have said, I look like him. 
but you uh you put him you have to make him famous right and he is famous he won i think they won three super bowls two super bowls i don't know he's a winning person he's on one of he's on the best team in the nfl but he's not global so how do you get how do you get him to market shit you have him date the fucking hottest fucking most popular artist in the world at the moment you have them hook up start dating start being in the news together all these things because now whatever she says all her fans are going to do so she's dating the pfizer guy the guy that gets all he's all he's doing so you see him and her together you're a moron that follows her around that adapted his pot adapted his (laughs) his podcast to a taylor swift podcast that gives taylor swift updates every day she goes out she puts an instagram post out one day that says i'm not saying she's done this yet but she could easily put it out tomorrow her and Travis Kelsey standing there and saying, make sure you guys go get your shots this month. Then what happens? Every fucking Swifty goes out and gets a goddamn COVID vaccine. And this is how it works. Because again, it's they control all of it and they're incentivized to make money. So recapping what's going to happen. This is a prediction. You know what? I'm having the rare, the rare prediction in the future what's going to happen. So she already tested it. They already they already tested her fame by telling people to go out and vote. And then I said this a couple podcasts ago, like the percentage rate of 18 to 25 year olds went out and registered the vote that same day or within like the next two days. There was like a hundred and or eleven hundred and twenty five percent increase. So like an army of people went out. <laughs> from 18 to 25 to register to vote, right? So they tested it. They're like, she could say whatever she wants and people are going to do it, but we need everybody to do it. We need the NFL fan who I would assume is more Republican and anti-vax saying, how do we get them on board? We get a football player to do it. You tag him, you tag Mr. Pfizer out there. You're like, hey, you're in. You're dating Taylor Swift now. She's going to be dating the Pfizer guy. So the Pfizer COVID vaccine might be awesome because he's doing it and he's dating Taylor Swift. Look at that. All it's going to take, and this is what's going to happen in the future, is them to come out together on a commercial, Instagram, TikTok, something and say, you should go get your vaccine. Look, we got ours together. And then Taylor Swift fans are going, NFL fans are going. Everyone's going to go to get their fucking COVID vaccine because Taylor Swift told you to do it. And that's your prediction for the rest of 2023. So we are running long right now. I swear, when I looked back... When I started this podcast, I was like, I can't talk about BlackRock for like more than 10 minutes. You know, like I was like, there's too much information to kind of get it all out. And then I looked down at the time and it was like 18 minutes. I'm like, all right, we're at 18. That's going to be kind of a short podcast for such a big topic. I looked down again, we're at 40 minutes. <laughs> so uh, you can get lost in this kind of thing. This, this is what's called going down a rabbit hole is all about. You know, you, you get a topic. You see something on TikTok, you go to Reddit, um, you start Google searching. And the good thing about ChatGPT now is is it's back connected to Bing. Or you can use your Bing Copilot on, uh, if you have Windows 10, the Bing, Co- the Bing Copilot. I don't want to keep, it's just called Copilot. Uses ChatGPT to search the internet for you. So you can just type it in there and they can give you all the information you want. And you can tailor it like, hey, I need to know the dark stuff. And it'll go find the dark stuff for you. So if you're wondering how I spent my day off today, that was it because I've been here in BlackRock too much. And again, like I said, I'm invested in it because again, why wouldn't you? If it's going to own the world, you got to have a piece of that pie, right? Uh, 
And then you just go down a rabbit hole. And before you know it, it's late in the afternoon. And you're like, damn, what did I do today? And you know what you did? You got educated. You got you got woken up. Your eyes got open. You got pilled. And you're better off for it. We're all better for it. So if you ever feel like you're getting fucked from somewhere and you're, you're wondering why shit is the way it is and why the narrative switches week to week, it feels like, and all of a sudden there's a push for this and a push for that, and every fucking news outlet is saying the same goddamn thing over and over and over again, you got to look and realize it's all controlled by somebody. And I'm telling you right now, it's controlled by BlackRock. So we're going to get out of here. Hopefully everyone enjoys their weekend. We got Indigenous People Day on Monday. So make some noise for them. I thought about just playing like a Native American like chant, but that would be way too over the top. So we're going to we're going to step away from that ledge and we're going to leave you on that. So stay woke out there. 